This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is... You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Previously on Homestale Radio. Uh, Doug has called me fat, basically, in not so many words. And we were talking about wide men. Thanks, He's Doug. right. He is right. He is correct. That's Doug. <laughs> Although, because of illness, because I wasn't actually at the game, I had to watch it online. You should be um, I, have lost, I lost £4 in a day through... Um, that money out of your pocket, laying on your bed with your trousers on. What <laughs> <laughs> a lovely image for the listeners. <laughs> for all our contact information and to send us an email, visit holradio.net forward slash contact. Good evening. Welcome to Homestyle Radio. My name's Chris Hambling and I'm your host tonight. And I'm joined by Patrick O'Connor. Hello. Hello. And in a sort of double act on the same microphone, we've got Nick and Jill. Hello. Oh, brilliant. You actually said it together as well. <laughs> it usually never works. Usually, because I, I didn't prep you, I think you weren't thinking about it, so it works. You line them up, we knock them down. Nice. Anyway, this is a more of a free-form sort of chat kind of a show ahead of the, the game tomorrow. It's obviously got no game to... Um, to review so uh, it's important to that you, you guys join in at home uh, let us know your views on what we're chatting about and any topics or questions you do have and you can tweet us on it's at HOL radio um, message us on facebook facebook.com forward slash HOL radio and uh, HOL radio.net forward slash contact and also the chat room as always it's whole radio.net forward slash chat uh, but first up we've got news in brief this news from around Selhurst Park. This is News in Brief. Palace's academy side enjoyed a successful weekend playing against some of the biggest names in world football as they came fourth in the Premier League Under-17 International Tournament. Invited to participate alongside, alongside the likes of Real Madrid, Juventus and Arsenal at the Gunners Academy Hale End facility, the Young Eagles picked up some fine results over the course of a two-day event and were eventually picked to third place by the Spanish Giants in a playoff. Palace's under-21 side moved into second position in the Professional Development League 2 table after a comfortable victory against rock-bottom Brentford at Sellers Park. First home goals from Carl De Silva and Sully Kai Kai gave Gary as its men a healthy half-time lead. But after being pegged back early in the second half, Adeline Guedjura added a fine third goal to make the victory <laughs> Crystal Palace Academy goalkeeper Oliver Payne has signed a two-year personal contract with the club. The shortstopper turned 17 earlier this week and celebrated by putting pen to paper on a new deal with the club, having recently broken into the under-18 side. News in 
Brave. 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 Get in touch with the show. All of our contact details can be found at holradio.net forward slash contact. I'd just like to point out, if I did uh, pronounce the letter H as H during that course of the introduction, I can only apologise. It was It's one of my pet hates. And if it happened, as I've been told it did, I'm, I'm just thoroughly ashamed. Uh, before we go any further, I did promise mate I'd give a quick shout out to um, basically a uh, little shop he's running. It's in West Wickham, 36 Glebe Way. If you want to give uh, buy some fireworks and give your money to a Palace fan, head down there. Uh, that is the only plug I've got for today, though. Um, so yeah, what we're going to do uh, today is we're just going to have a quick chat about all manner of things. Um, we're not really sure where this is going to go, and we're just going to see what happens. But I want to start us off. Um, we got a message earlier on, uh, on on Twitter talking about who your your pick would be, your, your four for the four legends you would pick uh, as as your overall Palace legends. And I sort of I responded to that with, um, uh, you know, for me in my era it would have been Ian Wright, Mark Bright. Uh, Attilio Lombardo and Andy Johnson but I sort of reasoned that I could probably answer that question about a hundred different ways um, I, I just wonder about what, what you thought if I start with you Patrick perhaps um, if you had to, it's a really hard question but four legends, four palette legends that you can only pick four I can't even hear Patrick now oh I'm here Yeah. did you hear my question? yeah I did, so I actually responded <laughs> to it too but I didn't read the question properly so I picked Originally, Kenny Sansom, yeah. Ian Wright, Don Rogers, and Julius Baroni. And then I somebody tweeted that it's supposed to be people who aren't playing anymore. So I replaced Julian with um, the great <laughs> Jeff Thomas. That's Those would be my four. Yeah, um, um, it's, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because the, everyone sort of talks about. I suppose the old sort of an, you know, it depends on your age, doesn't it, and your your experience of following Palace. But when you, you when you sort of reel off a list of list of people, it was, you know. So I've, I've not picked Jim Cannon, but I I never really I didn't really see Jim Cannon play. I was you know it's the wrong age for me. And right. even going further, you have got people who talk about obviously uh, Johnny Byrne, and it's yeah, I'm, you know he's obviously was a great player, but I can't I've got nothing to base that on. So it is it's entirely subjective. Joe, who, who are your four legends at Palace? Palace that is not Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> It's not even there. answering me. I don't know. It's not answering me. I, mean, I just wanted a little bit of radio silence <laughs> to embarrass you. Um, just trying to... Well, Nigel Martin, without a doubt, is our yeah, best yeah. goalkeeper ever for me. Right. Um, Jerry Murphy, uh, Dave Swindlers, and... Ian Wright. It has to be, it has to be right, I'm afraid. Yeah, it, it, and, I, and I say that as as afraid, like only because he's the, for the player, and not the person. For me, yeah, you're not. I know you're not a fan of him as a person. I mean, he's no, a good but, but um, second to none. I'd, yeah, I'd love to see. You know, I'd love to see another one there. Yeah, I really would. Who's that? Another righty at Palace. Oh yeah, so you mean yeah, yeah. Uh, Patrick, go on. Yeah, um, funny Joe, you picked Jerry Murphy. I grew up watching him play, and I couldn't stand Jerry Murphy. I thought he was one of the laziest players ever to pull on a palace shirt. I know he was a good player, but I couldn't stand him. It's funny how you picked Jerry Murphy of all people. He was. Uh, he, he's had the most cultured left foot I ever saw. Uh, Even he certainly now. did. He definitely did. But he was so lazy. He didn't. For, 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 for younger listeners, <laughs> um, 
Did you explain who Jerry Murphy was, where he played, all that sort of, you know, what, what sort of a player was he? Could you compare him to a, like a modern day Palace player? Right. Either Patrick or Roger. No, no, you couldn't. You couldn't put him up against any any uh, any professional player now. Um, I mean, he just. He, I'm trying to think. It was it was like Waddle, um, with with but, but but more culture. Where Waddle used to get his head down and run, he would get his head up, have a look about, pick a pass. He could just yeah. pass it fantastically. You know, you know, what I say to you, Chris, that we 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 very rarely have players that have loads of time on the ball. But he he just always had loads of time on the ball. He was never he was never our, our best player. But what he did, I just I just. He just typified that sort of team in the eighties for me. He just a, a, just had the culture for me. I, I just really like the guy. Um, yeah. And let me Do just we... go through, so, so through my four. Yeah, if, if we go on that, Nigel Martin was just the best shot stopper I've ever seen in in, in goal. In, in any goal, I, he's my favourite keeper of all time. Um, and he was, you know, he was brave. He'd go out and he he wouldn't do what the keepers did. You know, he came for crosses. He would absolutely smash. Um, forwards or get smashed. Yeah. Um, and then Bates up front was just he would do the same thing. He would smash defenders and and take everyone and put everyone in the back of the net. And I love that. I love. I, I just wish there were there were more players like that now. Definitely. Right. He being right. He was just just brilliant. Um. Going going back to to Nigel Martin. He he was you know obviously he was the first million pound keeper. Um, yep. And it was it was right when I got it, got into into Palace, right you know right in my sort of formative years, if you like, and um, and you're absolutely right. How he, I mean, he did obviously play a fair bit for England, but it was mainly after he went to to Everton, I think. Um, he didn't get anywhere near the recognition he should have done. There was a few decent keepers around during his time, obviously, and um, you have to leave Palace to get recognition. Yep. Yeah, that's that's the shocking thing, isn't it? I mean, yeah. I was I was gutted because I love Perry Suckling and uh, you know the nine nil did for Suckling didn't it? Yeah, no, yeah, it's a great shot stopper. I remember once freezing my nads off. I went to watch Palace versus Slough Town just because Perry Suckling was in goal for the uh, the eleven. Um, Dweeb in the chat room, wholeradio.net slash chat says that you should leave Whole Radio, Chris, because you had never seen Lord Cannon live. And, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, John Jackson <laughs> was better than Nigel Martin, but that's a little bit before my time. Yeah, yeah I just yeah, seen Doug say that. Um, obviously, yeah. Again, I can only go by what I've what I've read and been told about John Jackson, and it was is similar to what we're talking about in terms of the recognition that he got. Um, was you know by all accounts criminal that he didn't get get greater recognition than he got. But um, we've kind of been blessed with some pretty pretty amazing keepers, haven't we? You know, in our time, but we've just been sort of blessed with some pretty. Some George, horror stories, really. George Wood, I remember Swindon away. It might have been a cup game. And um, he just spilled the ball into his own net. It's the worst keeping mistake I've ever seen. But he's, he's back at the club as a coach now, isn't he? He is. He is. But yeah. if we're going on about goalkeepers, something that I've never seen, in, and, and again, a, a first in, in world football, never seen it to this day again, was when John Burridge used to, come, Burridge. Out hands, used yeah. to come out on his hands. Yeah, yeah. I was brilliant. Yeah. Go, he grabbed the 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 goal, the the goal post and climb up on it. It was brilliant. I used to love he watching him before the match. He was nuts. Yeah, he was great. I wonder where he is now. Burridge, he's on, mate. He's got a brilliant Twitter account. You, honestly, does he? He's called. I think it's called Budgie Tweets, something like that. Oh, I, 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 I got to follow, follow him. him. 
He's he is a lot of fun. He sort of does a bit of punditry on there, and but he's just uh, he's, you know he's great. exactly how you imagine. Up on Twitter for that because I'll follow. I'm sure loads of fans lots of follow that. Oh just, uh, yeah, I, I dig that out during the course of the discussion. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He's brilliant. He really was. Back before I give you my four players, do you know the head of the Budgerigar Society in Great Britain? What? What? Is it John Burris? It's Jeff Capes. Yeah. The shop putter. The shop putter. Yeah. Right. Oh my, right. Oh my God. Of the Budgerigar Society. Chris. Chris. <laughs> yeah. Cut yourself off. We're going to have a chat. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just, I, I don't oh. really know how to respond to that. Do we have, I mean, I've, part, part of me thinks we have to explain who Jeff Capes is. Um, but Maybe we nah, should uh, get shot of this conversation. Get shot put of this conversation. Oh, brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> Love it. Firing on all cylinders today, lads. Well done. Um, that wasn't a pun. I just it was just a turn of phrase. Um, go on, Nick. What were you for? Uh, my first hero. Next year is my fortieth year of going to Palace. My first hero was uh, Peter Taylor. So yes. How gutted I was when he was rubbish as a manager. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Beyond rubbish as a manager. He was absolutely toilet, wasn't he? Um, well, Kenny yeah. Sampson. Kenny Sampson, what player? And I'm kind of working through. Ian Wright, most definitely. But uh, uh, Ian Wright and Mark Bright together, I can't count them as one choice, can I? Because they they came as a pair, didn't they? Yeah, I I thought the same thing earlier when I was picking them. But I used used two uh, two places. He wasn't wasn't there very long, but Attilio Lombardo was head and shoulders above anybody I've ever seen at Palace. Head and shoulders. It was it was brisk breathtaking, wasn't it? And we've talked about him a fair few times and the, the technical ability he had, but it's just there was no no business playing for us really. Um, but he did, and you know he gave everything he, he had as well, you know. And yeah, what I mean, what a player to watch. I mean, it's just you know I, I really hope in in a lot of ways I really hope that we can see those days again where we've got a genuine international world class superstar playing for us. And I know a lot of people shy away from. Um, you know that type of football, that kind of, you know, the modern game, all the big money and all that sort of thing. But when you remember someone like Lombardo and watching what he did on the pitch, you know, it really is. It's another type of football, isn't it? It's another. It's almost like another game altogether. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. I mean, I'm going to hopefully get some uh, suggestions from you guys in as well. Remember, you can tweet at at HOL Radio. Um, message us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash HOL Radio, or use the uh, wholeradio.net forward slash contact email form. Just let us know who your four legends would be. Uh, I'm sure we'll come back to that over the course of uh, the discussion. Um, uh, Rosie has just got in touch actually on that and said that uh, he would pick AJ, Aki, Jules and Dougie. That's a contentious one. What do we think about Dougie? Uh, are you able to separate the the managerial situation from the player and what he did? I think he'd been a lot of people's lists prior to that. Um, right about if. AJ, AJ was better than him. Wrighty was better than him. Brighty yeah. was better than him. There's loads of we've got loads of players better than him. It depends how far you go back. If you only want right. to go back to his era, I agree. I mean, he's a you know great player, but I would I wouldn't have him in my top four. I mean, it could be in the top ten, definitely, but not in the top not in the top four. No, for me, me neither. Me neither. Not at all. Uh, and do you think? But do you think that they you know the the sort of sour taste in mouth from Dougie would affect your your decision? No, um, no, no, not at all. I mean, I, listen. But the, the thing that opened my eyes to 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 the present day of football is when we literally had it spelled out to us face to face by 
by Steve Parrish when he turned around and said that, that there's, it's a very rare bird now that comes along and plays for the badge. Everyone is playing for the football, uh, uh, playing, playing for the money. So, so you, they play football for, for 15 to 16, 18 years. Yeah. And then they're done. So they, they just, you know, it's just you're playing for the money, and, and that's it, really. So I can half understand that. But um, I just need to go back to that, that four, that four player thing. That that would um, the legends. There's so many. I I I, I love a trier as well, and mm. I very rarely have seen a, a player at any other club. Thomas Brown try more than yeah. You've got the Thomas part right, but Jeff Thomas. Yeah, yeah. I see. He just played. He just, he just as a try. You know, where he's, he's now his career into raising money and and doing what he's doing now. You can just see he just, he just tries and he tries his best. And that's what he, yeah. He, but he was. Can I uh, come in with some chat room stuff, Chris? Yeah, of course you can. Yep. Uh, okay, some chat room stuff. Holradio.net slash chat. We got King B. Uh, says because I was born in '94, my heroes would probably be AJ Spironi, Zaha, Morrison. Three of them are actually still playing. King B. Uh, right. Dave said Dougie needs to be on that list. London Thing 98 said Thomas Brolin was a true international class legend. Just we got him 10 years after he had finished being one. Eating <laughs> hamburgers. Eating hamburgers. <laughs> Thomas Brolin in a minute because of um, that, that one game he played uh, when he played for nothing. Remind me to talk about that in a minute. Oh. Tweet says John Jackson, Peter Taylor, Jim Cannon, and Don Rogers. We haven't mentioned him yet. But deals I did. I did. He's on my oh, list. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jerry Queen was Badil's first hero. That's Stan. You were talking about shout-outs. Shout-outs to Stan. If ever you need a taxi in the Bracknell area, Stan's your man. I'll <laughs> um, <laughs> be interested to see a quick game, too, has got as his, uh, his favourite all four, because he goes back about 65 years, I think. He, he does, yeah. yeah. He goes back when it was still all in black and white. Um, yeah, Peter Simpson, yeah. But there you go. Was for this none of us. Not I don't think there's any anyone in living me- sort of is still alive. You saw Peter Simpson. I don't really know. We'd hope so. But um, uh, we've just got a few more coming in. Uh, I will take a minute to talk about um, Jeff Jeff Thomas myself, and there's a couple of others that I want to talk about. And I know you want to talk about uh, come back to Brodin in a bit, Nick. Um, but uh, yeah, Nav got in touch and uh, he, he's picked Cannon, Jeff Thomas, uh, Sp- Julian Speroni, and Clinton Morrison. Um, I, I, pro- you know, I've you know how much I love Clinton as a as a Palace player. I think he's, he was superb for us, and you know, if he he scored over hundred goals, he scored more goals for Palace than, than Mark Bright, or I think a similar number maybe. Um, was trying to chase down Wright's record, so he's done an awful lot for the club. So I can see that as an argument. I thought he's, a, you know, he's one of the best academy projects we've ever produced in my view. Um, a quick Silence. game in the chat room. Yeah. He says, um, tell them Muppets to stop having a go at him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, he needs to give, still needs to give us our four. Yeah, <laughs> his four. Um, um, Michael Palace has <laughs> got in touch. I don't think it's his real surname, but um, he's gone for... <laughs> he'd be good, yeah. He's gone, he's gone for Spironi, Ian Wright, Mark Bright, and Wilfred Zaha as a, as a legend. Um, Patrick, is Wilf, <laughs> can Wilf be called a legend? Um, again, he's making the same mistake I made. It's got to be someone who's no longer playing, for one. But I, And I love Wilf a lot, but he's not legendary yet. He's got to do something for me over the next couple of years with Palace. I mean, I, I really appreciate what he did two years ago, uh, obviously, with the run to the to the final. Lucky enough to be there, you know, the penalty kick and everything. But um, 
he's not a legend yet, um, but he's on his way should things continue, hopefully, the way I hope they go. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. Look, we'll come back. We'll come back to this. There's, you know, there's still contact flooding in on this and plenty to talk about. But, Joe, you wanted to go off in a bit of a different direction now. Well, no, I just said if we, you know, if this is just all about freestyling and random questions, um, you, you, uh, and I'll, I'll give you everyone a, a minute or so to, to have a think about it. But your favourite Palace game ever? Don't have to be. A, it can be just be any single game, any single game. I think that that would be, you know, because obviously you've got. People that just said he's been sporting Palace since '94, so you know he won't remember. Won't remember the '90, you know, the FA Cup run in '90, and <coughs> the FA Cup run in 1976. Oh, <laughs> yeah, even. Oh. Yeah, well, I'll sort be thinking about that, and we'll uh, I'll get a tweet going out as well for the uh, for the listeners to join in on that one. Um, but while while we're all having a think about that, Nick, can you, uh, you want to take take us back to the Brolin point you were going to make? I was very, very excited. I think, what year? I can't remember what year it was. I'm sure somebody in the chat room, thank you, you can be our, our helpers here today, can... Uh, 87? Can, can wiki his, his debut for Palace, but it was against Everton. It's one and only time I've sat at the Sainsbury's end, and I, I took an ex-girlfriend of mine there, and I knew that she'd never been to a game before because she thought our stadium was fantastic. <laughs> mate i mean you said she was well there's obviously an eyesight theme there isn't there i mean she was sure it yeah oh, about yeah. Well, the ground or me <laughs> that was my insinuation i'm sorry do carry on um but he, did he play for nothing and he ran about a lot but didn't do much I've never seen so much somebody expend so much energy and not actually do anything with it. Yeah, I've got um, I've got uh, friends who still talk about that now. People, you know, as I mate who was a, as a who was a Leeds fan. Um, well, he probably still is a Leeds fan, <laughs> and um, obviously Brolin was at Leeds as well, and he, he was a bit of a figure of fun at, up there by the end of his his spell. Um, and he said, and he and he saw him in that Everton game, and he and he just said, "This is one of the funniest things he's ever seen." It's like this little ball on legs hurtling around the pitch. Like, and like you said, did not, absolutely nothing but get, gave like 100% doing it. And it was just, yeah, it was, a, it was a bizarre sight. And when you think about the player he was for, for Sweden, particularly in 92, uh, I think it was, in the European Championships, he, he was just a stunning footballer. It was then, like a modern Peter Glaze. <clears throat> I don't know what that is. Yeah, there you go. A quick game will know. <laughs> I'll bet. Um, talk, talking about um, favourite games, there's quite a few in the chat room. I'm going to go through them if that's all right before they scroll off the screen. A quick game's got two. Um, the Liverpool semi-final and yep. playoff semi against the Weed. Um, Dweeb's a certain Burnley game. Um, Robert CPFD <laughs> says the playoff final last year or the year before last. And a quick game does know Peter Glaze. Crackerjack. There you go. <laughs> Good stuff. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll get into talking about the games in a bit. Um, well, oh, King B, Palace three, Liverpool three, and that that was definitely up there, wasn't it? Last season. Yeah, yeah. We have, we've had a, like a, a real glut of these of late. Because um, I still think we want to talk about the the playoff, the Brighton playoff. It was it was an amazing day. It really was. But I still I always say that the three one was was up there as well. Because the three one was, if anything, it was more unexpected for me. Because I just didn't, I just going there. I just didn't see us doing that at all. And they were on a real high talking about their Premier League ready stuff. And to go there and just just start to stuff them three one. And I think it was after because we had, after seventy minutes or so where we didn't look like we were going to do a thing. Just to suddenly just ram it 
sort of down their throats and have to just and the, the noise was just intense and I was meant to mention it a couple of weeks back I was looking I just tapped upon a video on YouTube from uh, some palace who were in the Brighton end just filming filming us celebrating and the, the noise is just insane and it's that same noise that we heard in the 3-3 against Liverpool it's the kind of unbridled joy of, of thousands of Palace fans it's just an absolutely breathtaking noise for me can I change the subject ever so slightly but stay on the same subject a bit if I know there's been lots of talk about what and there was that oh, no. there was that um, a thread I don't know who started it money 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 and whole rate on homesdale.net mm. uh, about how much a takeover would change us and would we lose that unbridled joy um, Ian Wright was on the radio earlier on talking about uh, passionless Chelsea fans. Yeah, Mourinho mentioned it, didn't he? Yeah, and uh, Ben Nagel reported it. He did, yeah. It was Ben. Oh, do you remember Ben Nagel? Yeah, we do. We're not big enough for him anymore, are we? No, no. exactly. Scoffed at me, saw me. Yeah, no. Look, that's exactly it. That is, it's a worry, isn't it? But we're we're in control of that, I think, aren't we? As a as a bunch of supporters, it's. I must suppose the only way you can think, if you price out, sort of, which is always a danger, isn't it? If you become a massive club like that, and if you start pricing out your your hardcore, if you like, and you start attracting a different type of fan, uh, which some people suggest is is what's going on in kind of in the lounges and stuff at Sellers, which I know has put a few people's noses out of joint. But my my um, my son, uh, who I often mentioned on this show, um, said he loves the fact that he supports Palace because. The good times mean a lot more because there are far fewer of them. Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely it is absolutely true. It, it, you know, you get you get far more out of the good times when you've had to go through the things we've had to go through as supporters. Um, sorry, Patrick, you wanted to jump in a minute ago. Yeah, um, I couldn't be on last week, but the whole thing with the Josh Harris, if it happens, is that I don't think it will be as bad as people think. I know we always have this total negative, you know, American billionaire comes in, buys the team, and get detached from the fans etc but for what i've heard about him i don't know him personally obviously i wish i did but um a friend of mine actually knows of him and he doesn't really go in there and change things a lot he likes to keep things pretty sh as as is and i think the key to any takeover is going to be parish's uh involvement in the club still because parish will keep that connection to palace because he's a fan so i think everybody worrying about us you know losing our soul i think we're a bit off base on that and the truth is Guys, I think for us to honestly move forward, we, this has to happen in some form. We cannot continue to be run by four um, fans and expect us to ever progress the way we want to progress. We're always going to be that yo-yo team that struggles. And again, I've been part of the yo-yo for 40 plus years, so I know what it's like. But I think for us to really move forward, we're going to have to get somebody to come in here, put some real money into the club. So that's kind of my, my point about this yeah. whole takeover. It's, it's the game now, isn't it? That's the problem. Exactly. It's totally and the, changed. The, the whole point of football is it's a competitive sport and you want you want as level pl a playing field as possible in the division that you're in. Exactly. You, know, you, you want to compete against everyone. You don't want to, you don't want to think, like we do, you think, you say, you, you know, you go away to one of the top, you know, top six maybe teams and you think to yourself, you know, if they have an off day and we play out of our skins, we might, we might just win it. Exactly. But, but that, that that's not, I mean... I'd rather be that than, you know, than just think I'm entitled to win. Like, you know, do you know what I mean? Like, Man like U fans. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And they, they can't, they really can't They can't handle it. No. At all at the moment. It's, it's unbelievable. Yeah. It's hysterical in a lot of ways. But, but you do, you do think that I'm sure, I'm sure not that long ago. Well, mind you, 
there's a culture, isn't there? There's a culture at a club like Man United, even when they had periods of no <laughs> success. You know, they still had a culture of, of being a big club. And, yeah. you know, we are Man United, we do this, we do that. And you know, we've had all these win we've won these trophies we've done this we've done that that that's the culture we we don't have that culture in that that sort of historical arrogance at palace you know we we kind of we all know where we've come from um, Boy, we've won a wembley final it said yes baby yes talking about favorite games that's one of my, my favorites i love that <laughs> went up the live bazini data systems cup we were there <laughs> 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 I'm saying that on the way to Wembley at the playoffs. And people uh, just, that was hilarious. Patrick, I've got, I've got a question for you, Patrick. You're sure. saying about this, this takeover from uh, from Josh Harris. It has to happen for us to progress. So he, here's a thing, right? How yeah. much money do you think, take the stadium side of things out? You said that he doesn't really like to interfere, which so, but he, he, he will offer financial support. So how much, are you, how much are you looking for? Just, just say, for instance, right? That, that we survive this season and right. we survive in fourth bottom, we get another £73 million, like we did last year. So right. tell me how much money that he has to give for us to, to, to be competitive in, in, in a where we would be comfortable, mid-table comfortable. If, if £73 million isn't enough, which is what we've already got, how much money do we need before we turn into... Bigger spenders than Stoke and and and, and, and the rest of the mid-table sides. How much do you think we need? It's a good question, but the thing is, I don't think it's just a money amount. Uh, um, it's not just a point, Jello, putting money into the club. It's a matter of the infrastructure, which obviously Parrish is trying to address now. So, yeah. from the playing squad, playing squad standpoint, I don't know. Is it an, is it another fifty million, another hundred million, maybe? Because we're going to need better players. And then there's obviously, like I said. There's an infrastructure issue with the stadium and things around the stadium, the academy, etc. So I don't know what the number is, I'll be honest with you. That, that, is, think... it, that is it, though. It's only the stadium left. Everything else, is, you know, the new training ground's been bought. The old training... Uh... still got to build it, mate. It's still got to build it all. But... <clears throat> yeah, but what I'm saying is the infrastructure is, is already there. You know, we've, we've already got an academy. We're not trying to build an academy. Everything's always there. We're well, just... We're just well, Correct you on that one as well. We obviously we are. That's part of the reason of the getting a new training ground site. We want to be a Cat One Academy, so everything exactly. on the same side. There's still an awful lot to do to uh, for us to be a Premier League level. When you think about little things like the, you know, the, the I mean, the catering's improved, but I'm sure it could do a lot better. I'm, I'm sure ticketing can do an awful lot better if they had more staff and a bigger place and the right equipment. I'm sure they've had issues with, you know scanning a season tickets all that kind of stuff all that th- all that kind of upgrade of equipment and replacing you know an antiquated stadium and an antiquated setup and a, and a small club setup if you like you know we've st- still got you know portal cabins <laughs> some you know that's that's unfortunately that's how far we've got to go uh, and part of, and a lot of that takes money but the other thing i was going to say on on the subject of, of how much money do you invest this one of the things that obviously when you hand a contract to a player for a period of time it's that. So if you're, if you're, that's kind of where I'm going. If you think about a five-year contract, contract, if you go and spend twenty million pounds on a player, give him a five-year contract at like sixty grand a week, whatever, that level of investment over a long period of time, you have to be incredibly financially secure to do that. You can't, you know. And then everyone else wants parity with those kind of wages and that kind of thing. That's what you have to build up as a stru- financial structure. You have to be secure financially for you know five to ten years when you're handing out these contracts for one season 
But we do have that. Parish has already turned around and said, I'm sure the the the, um, the negotiations were that if we were to go down, that their wages would go down 35%. Yeah, 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 yeah that's... thing would be built in. So it's all relevant. If we go yeah. down, wages go down, we're not going to end up like Portsmouth being in almost the, you know, the bottom level of English football and, and paying some fella 85,000 quid a week. No, you're, you're yeah. not. You're not, and you do have to protect yourself. Sorry, Patrick, I won't let you go in. You do have to protect, yeah, protect yourself with those sort of contracts. Yeah, definitely, of cutting that. But it's... But you've got to remember as well, a player, players aren't happy with that. How do you convince a player to join you and say, oh, by the way, I'm going to give you these wages, but you know, you're the one player we're paying you. Do you know what I mean? You've got to have a whole team you set up like that. And it right. takes a long, long time to get there. It does, but, but, but after you take Man, uh, Man City and Chelsea out and, and, and maybe Man United out of the equation, the clubs are starting to get, are starting to get the power back now with, with, with money. I mean, there's, there's no one else paying... 200 grand a week for players. Now, look, I bet Spurs are not paying anybody more than 100. Can't be paying them. They haven't got anyone good enough to be paying them more than 100. And, that's, and that was the thing that Sugar, he, he was the one that very first wanted to put a cap on wages. And I'm sure that Levy is, is doing that. My, um, my old man, God bless him, um, was telling me last year about when Johnny Haynes, I know it was Fulham, but the furore that caused when he was the first £100 a week player. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pounds a week, and that was like, like I don't know what that would be. Um, would be now. Um, bought a house back then. You could have bought a house with that, yeah. Um, lots about the takeover in the chat room. Um, my favourite one so far is uh, it's lucky that um, the Man United owners never took us over because we've been the Glaziers Eagles and incorporated both <laughs> nicknames. Um, and uh, the London SE Twenty Fivers. You know, they they really don't want the. Um, the um the name change the branding the brand. no but, uh, but you, again you, it doesn't necessarily follow suit does it um you know I, a lot of time people are reacting to stuff that's actually may never probably will never happen yeah uh, but uh, but as fans again as fans you've got to exercise you know your right to you know to to, 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 to you know protest potentially but you know just say that you know that's not what we want we're we're the supporters we're the cust- you know you're the custodian, the owner of the club, but the club is its fans, and we've got owners who understand that now, um, and we've got hopefully you'd, you'd hope that they would wouldn't sell to someone who, you know, who would treat us like a little plaything. Um, Patrick, so you were trying you were trying to answer Joe's point. I don't know if we've moved on from that or yeah, not really. Uh, no, just going back to what Joe was saying. I mean, a, a good point about the salaries is this. Um, right now, I think um, Jednak's probably the highest earner at 40, 40 grand. Is that correct, um, Chris? About. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Right. So the thing is to compete in this league. I'm not talking about compete. I'm not talking about with the top, you know, the top four or five. But even with the, you know, getting to the top seven to ten, you've got to be able to offer certain players much more than forty grand. So this, for instance, we're trying to go in for like a Mohamed Diaby, who went to end up going to Hull, or an Abel Hernandez, who went near, or you know, Aina Valencia. Those guys that come over from the World Cup. Those guys know that we can't offer them a contract. So we're not. We can't even compete signing players that we that we actually need quality players. We've got a decent squad, but our squad could be so much better if we could offer them more money. So, for me, that's why we need extra money. We need to be able to offer players who, who are quality players bigger contracts. We can't say, okay, our ceiling is 40 grand and we're not going to offer anybody more than that. And if we get relegated, we're going to cut your, your, your salary by 35%. We've got to be able to say to a player, we can offer you 60 grand, 70 grand. If he's a world-class or a quality player in a left-back position, let's say, or a central midfielder or a goal scorer, and not be handcuffed by the fact that our top earner is our captain and we're not going to go over that. And I think that sort of hurt us yeah. in the last uh, window. So we can't keep that happen all the, all the time. I know you were saying, but I mean, we've had similar conversations when, when Steve Parrish has been on and he's always made right. the point that he's always made the point himself that he doesn't feel that the money's the, 
the way they're always the way to do it it's quite clear that you can you know you'll have a much easier time signing you know good high quality players if you pay them you know right. the big the big money but he said that's not the only way to succeed and you give examples like qpr spending all sorts of money and going down Agreed. you know right, and it's, it's the league's full of and again you always point to swansea don't you swansea is a, as an example of a team who have you know have built and just spent a long long time building and not going over the top well southampton true but they also are backed by billionaires so i was going to bring them up as well but it's like they've, they've got backing but at the same time you know the amount of players that they've sold and the money that they brought in i mean they've i never thought they'd get anywhere near what they've done this season so far it's, it's a real shock to me i thought they were going to fall to pieces but what do you think they're paying bonnie well swansea yeah i really i really couldn't tell you mate i mean he's on decent money but that's the thing that, that they've they didn't sign Wilfred Bonney when as soon as they went up. You know what I mean? They they went up and they've they've hung around for a few seasons now and they've just what they've done is they gradually let some of the old guard go and when they've brought replacements in, they've replaced them with, you know, a handful of really high quality players. You know, and they and they've done it the right way and they bring players in who play to the same philosophy and they've got this you know, they've you know, they've not been great of late. They've had that transition period of, you know, Gary Monk taking over and you know, they've had some some dodgy sort of moments, but they still look pretty secure in the top division, and they've they've not done it by handing out huge sums of money continuously. They've they've done it gradually, and they you, they were always one of the better teams to come to Setters when we were in the championship, weren't they? Yeah, they were. Yeah, they were. I hate because they, they played good football, and we never beat them. Mm, um, exactly. Yeah, going back to the chat room, wholeradio.net slash chat. Question from Rocket Boy. Eight. I, I don't know whether he thinks this, but he's asking, do you think the Premier League will soon become a closed shop of billionaire owners and they'll get rid of the promotion and relegation? No, it'd be a Super League, European Super League. That's what I'm hoping for. Then all the money can go away, we can have our football back. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, I don't know what the future holds. I can remember European Super League being talked about you know, when I was a kid. and It's still not really happened. I think the, ne- the most likely thing to happen is the overseas games. Um, I, I think that will happen. Um, I think. Anybody? I think. Um, I, I say that again. The Intertoto Cup. The Intertoto Cup. Cup. Yeah. Quick games in the chat room. I'm just going to um, refer to the Anglo-Italian Cup. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, I remember that myself. Yeah, we were. <laughs> we we actually played in that. Wow. Um, I just wanted to pick up on some contact as well before we move this on. Uh, Craig Arnold got in touch earlier with his four legends with Simon Roger, Aki, AJ, and Jules. Domenico De Prospo. Said Vince Hilaire, bright, right, Lombard. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At Bluenile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to Bluenile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello? Um, I, was, I was just thinking about that about Vince Lear that no one had said. Yeah, I love Vince Lear. I almost had him on my list. Yeah, and everyone everyone's talked about him as the the wealth of his time almost, didn't they? So. Definitely. 
Um, Alex White has sarcastically gone for uh, Nathan Ash. Glenn Murray, Glenn Murray. John, John Halls. Hasn't, no, not, John Halls, John Oster, <laughs> Gary Borrowdale. Thanks for that. Um, Gary Borrowdale. <laughs> left back. We need a left back right now. Where is he? <laughs> uh, I think he's playing for like Whitehawk or something like that. Uh, uh, not quite yeah. our quality then. Never mind. Um, Jeanette has gone for Brolin, Ishmael, Ruddock and Akinbae. Or Akinbadbae, I should put. Um, John Nightingale has gone for Jim Cannon, Dave Spindlehurst, Jerry Murphy, Peter Nicholas. See, he's from my era, right, Jill? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Um, I, I need Brilliant. a story about Jim Cannon. I went to, a, <laughs> I went to Cambridge away once and they... Well, when you used to go to Cambridge, you, yeah, it's a walk from the station and walk past a lake. And we got hijacked by a load of their rascals, and I got thrown in the lake because I was only. A- <laughs> <laughs> These are the days with the really thin, narrow terracing, and it had spinning razor wire on the top. Oh, wow. I remember going in there, and in like the 89th minute, Jim Cannon slipped the ball back to, to uh, Burridge, I think it was. Right. But it, and it, but he shot it past him really, and we lost one nil in the 89th minute. Own goal. <laughs> Always reminds me of him. <laughs> but he didn't. I mean, again, I wasn't there, but I've uh, you know I've I've heard the stories and seen the the, the wonder strike from Jim Cannon. Uh, who was, anybody remember what one that was? Who that was against? Wonder strike. No? You're thinking about Swindlers, didn't you? Against Ipswich in '79. No, no, no. Jim Cannon. I'm sure. Oh, I'll look it up in a minute. Someone well, help me out. I, I know Cannon had the header in his debut against Chelsea. Yeah, he did score that. Yeah, right. I, don't, I don't know. That was the best goal for me ever. All right, what's it? Anyone remember Mickey Droy? Mickey Droy, big, big Mickey yeah. Droy. <laughs> when he came from Chelsea, he looked a bit like Chris, <laughs> doesn't he? He was like, he, he looked like a wrestler. You know, one of them American wrestlers. Yeah, he was just massive. <laughs> just a great big geezer. He like, looked like he just got out of bed, come and play football, smashed up some centre forwards, and then just went home again. Trevor Aylock was a, was a blinded player in the 70s. Yeah, my mate Gary Ullman knows him. Yeah. Does he? Yeah. He used to get a lot of stick. A lot of stick for Trevor Aylock. Have you ever been to a game where you thought, what the bloody hell am I doing here? Um, yes. <laughs> Exeter <laughs> on Tuesday night when it was about, about 3,000 people. Yeah. There's, there's been a lot of times like that. And there's a, certainly at the end of a lot of games, it's why did I do this as well? I, I, well, you... you so I just, I just, I've only just remembered this, and I don't know why. It's like an age-related thing. I remember going to a Palace game and standing in the, um, in the Arthur and looking across, and there was a fella sitting there with his dog, sitting on the terrace in the Homesdale with his dog next to him. Someone's got to remember that. No. <laughs> I remember standing outside a shop with a dog once, and somebody tried to put fifty p in the head. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Brilliant. They don't even have. Do they even have those anymore? Those look. Those weird golden dogs that are outside. Anyway. No yeah. bloody penny for the guys yet as well. What's going on with that? But that's a different subject. Where's that gone? Penny for the guy. I, I really don't know. Anyway, Jim Cannon's goal was against Ipswich in 1979. I'm reliably informed. That's the one I was talking about. Okay. But forget that. But um, that's the same thing. I just said that. But I, yeah. Said that. Yeah. Two cracking goals in that game. Then the four 0 Yeah. Anyway, Does anybody um, remember when uh, we played Wimbledon away at Plough Lane? I think Collymore was playing for us then. 1-0? It might have been. Or, and um, it was Wimbledon's last ever game at Plough Lane. Yeah. And seven people went on a pitch to protest at the end. <laughs> seven. <laughs> what, a strong, what a strong following they had. <laughs> um, I was just to wrap up the contact we had on the, on the, the four legends. Phil Morgan came up with Johnson, Morrison, Speroni and Friedman. Um, 
Andy Hobbs has gone for Cannon, Hilaire, Lombardo and Kenny Sanson. Oh, Daniel Stone's gone for Leisure Wood, Bostock, Clive Allen and Terry Venables. That's, that, was, that is the most hated four. Ever. Sarcasm, exactly. Yeah. Um, in the chat room, I've got Valerie and Ishmael is the worst player <laughs> that Hill's ever seen. Considering they guy ended up in the Champions League, it's just a bizarre whole set of circumstances. We could have a sarcastic four, couldn't we? We could. A sarcastic four, a sarcastic four. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, while I'm looking up uh, people's responses to their favourite games, and we'll talk about every remember that, those as well, um, I've got a question in from Mickey T, who says, do you think a certain Mr Friedman will return for Evian uh, Spironi's testimonial in the summer? Discuss. I, so. I really, really hope so. It, yeah, how well you wouldn't uh, a testimonial you wouldn't boo him would you I don't know I don't know really oh, you know, what about boo quietly <laughs> <laughs> boo, boo really quietly it's like I, I you know I did I, I don't I wouldn't know how to feel really um, with your hands thanks Nick <laughs> churning out churning out the gold now mate <laughs> Just every now and then, just say say the pun quietly to yourself and think, is that worth, is that worth saying? Probably not. <laughs> that, that, one, that one you could have filled out. <laughs> I've got jelly writing them down for me, mate. <laughs> um, I don't. I don't honestly don't know how I'd feel. I would actually. I would hope that if he does go and he's turning up for for Spironi, then I think hopefully people would show him. Uh, an ounce of respect, maybe, but then does he? Does it? I don't know. I don't really want to think about it. If it How happens, an ounce last for <laughs> just just the 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 length of the game, um, possibly. Hmm. It's a tough one, isn't it? Um, I because player player was a legend, manager. He sort of was, but he did dirty, didn't he? Well, listen, he didn't. Yeah, he didn't. He did the money. He did the money thing, and, and I think as soon as we get that round there, it's we, it'll be easier for a lot of people. Yeah, to, I think so. someone offers you more money, you just leave it. It's as simple as that. And he, he got offered a lot more money. Got a lot of a lot, you know, they they got a better ground, they had a better setup. Everything's better. He's just trying to he's just trying to better himself for him and his family. He's got yeah. kids, and everything. And the the, more, the longer it goes on, the more I see it that way. But yeah. just getting back to that, you're saying about the uh, the, the uh, testimonial. Uh, it might be me being ignorant of it. If we if we got an opposition yet. Uh, I don't think anything's been announced. I'm, I'm wait. I'm re- happy to be corrected if that's not the case. But I hope it's going to be someone decent, not Crawley or someone. Like I'd, that. I'd like. No, I'd like to see. If, yeah, if you could maybe was he was he Bocca Juniors or was he like someone? Was he someone else? I can't remember. He was yeah. a dumb See, I'd, that'd be yeah. hard for me not to boo them. Oh really? Oh okay. They're yeah. Argentinians, aren't they? Yeah. Let's let's not get political. No, I know. <laughs> <laughs> we had it happened last time. We ended up talking about the Falklands. I'm not having it. <laughs> well, let's not talk about it. Well, they we sunk battleships. I'm not happy. <laughs> they sunk my battleship. Still, they sunk my battleship. Yeah, <laughs> Western, nice guy. Okay. Yeah. All right, all right. Let's anyway. move on. <laughs> <laughs> awkward atmosphere now. Um, okay. Uh, lots of people uh, with some, some of their favourite games. I'll try and pick out a few. Um, Dominico de Prospero says, has to be beating Liverpool 4-3 at Villa Park. Um, I wasn't there. I was too young. I'd only just really got into Palace. Um, who, who, who out of you was there? Anyone? Yeah, I was there. Down the front. Down the, down the front. Uh, with a Liverpool shirt on, right, Joe? Back. <laughs> back, in, back in that time would have been a, a quite, a, quite a surreal thing for me. Um, 
but yeah, no, I was I was I was a Palace fan, and I, I'm really pleased about that. But that's not my favourite game. It's it's a great game, but it's not my favourite game. So, and it's, um, I was uh, playing Sunday league football that morning. I couldn't didn't get a ticket. I managed to get a ticket for the final because I'm a fair with it. In fact, I, I sent my ex-wife queue for six hours for the replay tickets. Um, <laughs> but no, we had a Sunday morning game. We had a cup game, and it was a draw. And the ref wanted to go into extra time and I persuaded the ref to go straight to penalties so the game would finish on time so I could uh, <laughs> he didn't so I substituted myself and just went home <laughs> subbed myself <laughs> I've got him off now see you later Brilliant. love it um Brent Morgan's got in touch and said he, you know, the FA Cup semi-final against Liverpool as well, or the last do-or-die against Sheffield Wednesday, or spanking Brian in the playoffs. Then he's uh, tweeted back to say actually the Sheffield Wednesday game was not a pleasant experience at all. Was it? Um, no, no. Again, I I missed that one. Um, not not for any, I didn't bottle it or anything like that, but it was just I, you know, watching that at home was just it was absolute agony and seeing the faces of people in the crowd as well, just as those minutes ticked away. You could just tell tell that they were just going through absolute hell there. You know, it's hard to actually enjoy something like that. I had a weird problem the same way with um, when we beat West Ham in the Millennium Stadium. I couldn't I couldn't celebrate the goal. I couldn't enjoy the game at all. I was just overcome with nerves and just as a really, really it should it should have been one of the most you know amazing experiences of, of of you know being a Palace fan. But instead, I was just absolutely traumatised by it I was struggling uh, to celebrate as well because I have my son sitting next to me and then sitting next to him was four West Ham geezers all with boxers noses looking at me <laughs> <laughs> and I thought you'll be intimidated but given their judo when we uh, when we the whistle went they stood up shook me by the hand and then left went, oh, but I didn't celebrate as I usually celebrate trying no. to dump loads of people and, and go mad but uh, <laughs> it's um, no, go pa- oh, just nice. Patrick had, uh, had something to say. Yeah, I just want to talk about the, the 1997 final game, which is my favourite game to see, but not, not live, because cause I was over here in, in America. I couldn't watch the match. Um, I had to listen to the match on BBC World Service Shortwave Radio. Shortwave, right? Eh? Shortwave. So to just think about this for a second. I've got a little small radio, and, I'm, and it's up by my ear because it's very hard to get the, um, you know, to get the, get the signal, signal getting properly. Um, and I'm listening to the match, and I could not believe that we came back after, you know, after being down. And I'm screaming at the radio. My dad's looking at me like I'm crazy. And um, I didn't get to see the match till about two weeks later because I had to have a friend um, send it by mail on on VHS tape, and I had to get converted <laughs> from from PAL to NTSC. Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, situation. See how different it, different it is now compared to yeah. you know that was thirty. I mean, twenty something years ago, thirty years ago. I mean, it's just it's a oh. different world. I mean, I'm so lucky to be part of it now and get to see the games live because yeah. I, it, that was so painful to have to listen to that game on the radio. Yeah, we're, go- we're lucky now, aren't we? Because um, I mean, our, our summer friendlies. Who, who was that American bloke? <laughs> the uh, the team the team commentator and uh, oh, he had a fantastic name, didn't he? But we're so spoiled now. We can just you know a few of us sat up. 2 a.m. watching the American games live, didn't we? Brian Yeah, he will forever be a hero, Ryan <laughs> I'm still, still thinking I might get this year's shirt with Shrepfinger on the back, but <laughs> a lot of letters. I, haven't, I haven't done it. It's a lot of letters. It's expensive. Fifty p a letter. <laughs> 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 Finger on the back. Yeah, yeah. S apostrophe finger, maybe. Shit from Blue Peter <laughs> and a finger. 
Oh yeah. What about the, uh, just again, just one more. If we're going to again, I'll say the freestyling thing and the random questions. Is the game you most regret missing? Oh, I think I honestly think for me, well, we've just talked about it. I, I, I regretted after the final whistle went. I massively regretted not being at Hillsborough for for the game. I just, you know, it's one of those things. I didn't, I just didn't think about it enough in advance, you know, before the tickets had sold out. It was just, and it, it's just, it's an iconic moment, isn't it? And you, even now, you look back at the pictures, you look at, you know, Sean Derry sliding on his knees towards the crowd and, you know, the celebrations at the end. Then you had the whole Clint Hill fight with about 20 of the Sheffield Wednesday supporters. And it's those moments of, like, pure joy and celebrating with the players that you just do not want to miss. Um, and that that's really the only one for me. My um my my biggest regret, and it wasn't my fault, was the uh, entire nineteen eighty season when we were team in the eighties. We uh, the last game I saw for about four years was the Burnley game, which was an incredible night. We went, uh, me and my dad went up on the night, and they were shutting the turnstiles down at half six. We paid thirty five pound a ticket, seventy quid on two tickets wow. in nineteen seventy nine off off a town to go and see that Burnley game. And then three weeks later, we moved to Cornwall. So I missed the entire season, you know, our first season since I'd been alive or able to go and watch football. Um, and I missed it. Well, I missed just being top of the league when we beat Ipswich. It's, it's, that's my biggest regret. Whole hey, season. Nick, I've got a worse story than that one. Um, that was the season. I'd been to every match, home match that year. And in uh, April of that year, my parents decided to move to America. So I actually missed the Burnley match by, I think, about a week and a half. No. And I've never, I've never ever forgotten that. That was the year I moved to this country, and I've always regretted it. I knew that team so well. I watched a lot of them come up to the youth team, Sansom and Hilaire and Peter Nicholas and Billy Gilbert, and that's the end that I left. And, I, and I've never ever been able to get over the fact I missed the biggest game in Palace's history at Sirles Park was that Burnley game with all that people running on the field and 50-something thousand people on the terraces. I couldn't believe I missed that game. So. 60,000. 60. 60. <laughs> see, I missed, see, I would have been 2001 <laughs> if I'd been there. I know, there's loads of people... Well, I was. I am skinny, so I would have. I would definitely done that. <laughs> <laughs> That's my biggest regret by far. Missing that game. Blackburn game for me when we won three one at the end of the season. Ah, oh, that playoff game. No, the the, the one at the one at Sellhurst. Oh, okay. Blackburn 3-1. Yeah, it's, for me, that's, that's my, that's my favourite. But we have been involved in some amazing games. Isn't that the game really lucky. Picture. Yeah. I know, I know Birmingham, we had a picture race, which we could talk about in a bit, but wasn't the Blackburn that game... Was horses, was a... wasn't it? Trying to trample on the Birmingham fans because they were trying to beat all the Palace fans up? Yeah, they were in fancy dress as well, weren't they? That was that's very fancy dress, so they were all taking up twice as much space as a normal human being, and they still tried to fit them in the same amount of space. No, the, yeah. the, the Blackburn game... Um, I remember their manager, it was their manager at the time. Oh, that's gone at the moment. But he was complaining because there'd been a pitch invasion. And there were, there were like 12 minutes. Ian Wright scored within two minutes of the game going. But um, it's actually 12 minutes difference because there was a pitch invasion when we scored. And did we go up there and lose 2 0 and win 3 1? I can't remember. I can't remember. I'm too young, mate. That's the thing. A couple more in from. Uh, yeah, a couple more of the, the legends in uh, Colin McDonald scoring with uh, John Jackson, John Yogi Hughes, AJ and Ian Wright. Real selection there. Mark Smith scoring with uh, Jim Cannon, Ian Wright, Dougie Friedman, Jeff Thomas. Um, and Kevin Charles has gone with Ian Wright, Jeff Thomas, Nigel Martin and Mark Bright. He's, they're all on Twitter as well, which is exciting. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, in the chat room, Palace Forever, he's for uh, Aki Realati, Jeff Thomas as captain, Wright and Roger, and they'll all be managed by Sir Steve. Who was our best manager, Sir Steve? Sir Steve, yeah, has to be. Uh, it's, but, do you know what the thing? I again, couple. I didn't. I didn't at the time get to experience how couple got to the point of of you know being our most successful manager and get getting to us finished third. Because well, I, I you know I started following this in in the season. I it was just it was before the FA Cup. So it was, well, on the day of the FA Cup semi final, I started following Palace. Right. Um, fell into that team, no. Yeah, yeah, but like. I don't. And Ferguson fell into that bunch of kids. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't know. I don't because he took a while to get there, didn't he, Couple? Because obviously, looking back at it now, and I don't have the sort of the the emotion of the that period after, you know, after Mullery and all that kind of malaise, and then you know, obviously, Nodes getting Couple in as untested youngest manager ever or whatever, and all those things. I don't. I don't really have that as a memory. I just look back, and he did take time to and to build they, something, but he did it in. Now are they? No, but you look at when we talked to Mark Bright about Coppola, and he just sort of said that, you know, he just managed to inspire that team. It just worked. Everyone clicked. Like he knew how to build a team, particularly in the case of Wright and Bright. He, you know, he before he'd even signed Bright, he, he was telling him at a, a service station, wasn't he? He was telling him that the name, your name, sounded similar. The press are going to love it. You're going, you two are going to click. This guy is amazing, but he needs his old head to. Help. He's, you know, he had that level of intelligence. Even you know, even then, he was very early in his managerial career. But you can't. I mean, you've either got that or you haven't. You don't just suddenly, you know, that, that's that's something natural in him. So he's, you know, yeah, he's an incredible manager, and we've we've seen the best of him definitely. Um, going back to other managers, a quick game in the chat room, wholeradio.net slash chat. The game said Bert Head. When we met him, he used to say to us as kids, "It's Mister Head to you." God <laughs> <laughs> in the sixties. That must have been really. I, I wasn't wasn't there when we went when we were promoted in '69, but you know, first time getting in the top division, people have been going there for years, and you know, completely new experience for us. Yeah. Uh, about Malcolm Allison, then he wasn't there long, but he changed the whole culture at Palace when he came there. Yeah, and got us relegated twice. Got us pick up to my title too. Yeah, it, I mean. Again, looking looking in on it from you know, well after the event, it just for me it just seemed like it wasn't dull, you know. No, it was never dull. It was for a dull manager when you've got him and a supermodel in a bath. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Um, I mean, in the day, you you do want to be entertained, and you don't obviously don't want your team to be relegated. But if if you get you know all the all the sort of well, basically, yeah, like you say, it changed the whole club, didn't it? We came. The Eagles became the club that we are now, um, and it's 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 just so Palace, isn't it? That's the thing. That's what we're this club's like. It's just, you know, it's always something ridiculous or something insane that happens to us. It's it's you know, it's the football soap opera. Um, you know, and we might be entering into a sort of a new era of that soon. Some sort of brave new world where we're, uh, you know, got a billionaire owner and stuff like that. It's you know, yeah, it's bizarre times at the moment, but. Um, clubs are going to have a billionaire owner, so it won't make any difference. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, get on, get on the bus a bit too late, but um, I just yeah okay. We've um, I'll, we'll probably come back to some more memorable matches and maybe talk about our members of them as well. Um, so if you do have any more of those, do get in touch at hol radio or holradio.net forward slash contact or in the chat room holradio.net forward slash chat. Um, I've got a few. Um, I actually want to spend a bit of a 
moment talking about Brighton, if I can. Why? <laughs> because I really, I just want to really revel in it. That's the thing. I, I'll be honest. I'm starting to get to a point where I'm spending more time reading their forum than any of ours because it's just, it is just so funny. It is. It is. We, they're a bigger club than us, though, Chris. With yeah, club. I know they are. They are. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't. I don't know what to think about them. I really don't. Um, but it just goes to show you, doesn't it? You can, you can with sort of best laid plans and all that. When it, we got out of the, that division at the absolute best possible moment, we really did. Not even a doubt about that. You're so right, Chris. Mm. Is I mean, you just see what happened to them. That you know, that would be us effectively. <laughs> you, you know, what I mean, you have you. They've had to stop spending money. They've had to you know start talking about laying people off and reducing. You know, just finding battling with uh, financial fair play, trying to work out how they can be, be competitive and deal with all the, the huge number of clubs that have got parachute payments and or, uh, or wealthy owners. And it's a horrible battle in that league now. And to get out of it when we did, it was just it was vital for our future. And you think where we are now is exactly where they thought they would be. You know, an attractive club. That, it's funny, uh, isn't it? It is just so, so funny. And you don't want too much shade and frowder, do you? But you can't help it. What was that weird hiss? Anyway. But, you know, yeah, is I don't, you know, you do think karma might, might come and get you if you laugh too much. But it just keeps ha- it just keeps going. You know, it really does. And the more the big, they big it up, the worse they seem to get. <laughs> exactly, yeah. But, yeah. Chris, your point about the division is, is, is really well put. Because I'm looking at the table now. Watford is 20, 29 points, all right? And then we got, you know, f- three teams on 27. And you go down to to Millwall in 16th. They're only 10 points out of the out of third place. The division is so competitive and so hard to get out of. It's like a, it's really just like a crapshoot to get out of it. We got out at the right time. We really did because it's so, so competitive. You've got teams down there like Wolves and Derby, Norwich, Blackburn. These, these teams were, you know, Premier League teams a few years ago. You've got, uh, you know, Bolton. And Birmingham in a relegation zone. I mean, it's ridiculous. It's such a tough division. And we got out of it just in time. We really did. And all of those owners are all having to put their hands in their pockets. Sorry. Exactly. Exactly. What, what position are Brighton in the moment? They're 21st on 13 points. They're, one, they're out of 24. They're one, they're <laughs> one place out of the relegation zone. I can't help but laugh. <laughs> <laughs> They've got 13 points from 15 matches. They are right smack in a relegation battle. They really are, and um, you know, and they're not, and they're just not happy as well. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they're they're really down on their team. And look, they've not they've sold a few players. Obviously, selling Ojoa to to Leicester was a big thing, right? And left a bit. You know, you you really can see how much he was adding to that side now because you know they replaced him with Chris O'Grady for God's sake, and now Chris Ooh. O'Grady. Exactly. Um, <laughs> um, and, but, 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 Lily Savage. Yeah, that's him. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you know, I, mean, I just, I just, I think it's in, it's, a, it's, it's not just because they're our rivals. It's because you can look and say that there was a point where the two of us met, and it went that way, you know. And what would it, you can actually see what would have happened if we lost that game? Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It, it's, it's a Absolutely. brilliant case study. You, we went. One direction they went the other, and it's. I think it's yeah, it's fascinating <laughs> and also incredibly rewarding and funny at the moment. It, but, does, it does seem to be that, that after that result, that um, who's their owner? Tony uh, Bloom. Yeah, they, they seem to have wanted to drag back a bit of money. 
Well, they've had they've had to c- yeah, cut out the spending, yeah. haven't they? They, um, do, do you know, apparently I saw on their their forum that through the gate they announced an attendance of twenty four thousand. Bear in mind they kept expanding and it's got over thirty thousand capacity now. Right. They, they announced a, I think it was twenty four thousand. They announced, but actually through the gate was nineteen. Oh wow! And they were <laughs> selling out. They were selling out last season, and now they've lost eleven thousand fans. <laughs> I mean, obviously, you, well, Three I mean, this stuff. Yeah, it's not even that. It's you know, you're talking about a season and a bit. It's it's really phenomenal to see that. Um, and we were like, we would obviously we gave them stick and said, oh, all your plastics will disappear. But I think even even I don't think we thought it'd be like that. I don't think we thought they'd lose you know ten thousand fans. Well, we, well, we did. Our average. What was our average? Fifteen thousand. Ah, yeah, true. And we're up to what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, yeah, and we could sell even we could sell much more if we didn't have the policy that we have of trying to make sure they go to Palace fans, uh, yeah. like members. Uh, yeah, if you, whoever owns the two season tickets uh, to the right of me, they mm. just sell it to. I had Chelsea fans sitting uh, sitting next to us. Yeah, there's a few people who do that. I don't really understand why you would, but uh, well, obviously for money. But money, right? Shame money. in it. All right. Um, I just yeah, I just wanted to take a moment to look at Brighton there. Uh, I've got a question in from Nick Johnson. He says, "Can Zaha play against Man United?" As a part of the loan deal, no, he can't. Um, I, I actually think I seem to remember reading that that's not like an enforceable thing. As in, I don't think it's part of any contract, but it's like it's the gentleman's agreement. Every time there is a loan between clubs, who can play each other. Uh, but you know, he won't be playing against Man United. Um, what else have we got? I was going to talk about your house swap idea. Nick, <laughs> please don't. <laughs> no, <laughs> right. In pre-show, Nick, Nick came up with a brilliant idea for Patrick. Of it was brilliant. Come on, explain it. Well, cars, houses, cars, everything. You're going <laughs> to love his Volvo, Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, Nick wanted to swap, effectively swap his entire life with Patrick. As just for two weeks. Just for two weeks. Patrick could go to a Palace game and live with Nick's family. And Nick would. They're just going to swap. They're just going to exchange their everything. I'll be honest. I'll be honest. I don't think you thought that through at all. Um, You know. I mean, have you checked that you've got the exact same number of family members? Do they all want to swap? This so- oh, anyway. Nick's family, you want to swap with Patrick's, so I can assure you. How <laughs> do you have, Nick? How many family members do you have? I have a daughter and a son. What about you? I have a daughter and two sons. And a, and a Don't work. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Deal's off. Deal's off. It'll just swap, and then when you get there, there'll be one of the kids under the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the funny thing is, I actually thought about it because of the palace ticket. That's how bad of a palace I know, ticket. yeah, exactly. That's awful. <laughs> That's that's a good idea. Go to a Palace game. That's the lure. You've got yeah. you yeah. have three Palace games to go to. You said it like Sylvester Stallone then. I am the lure. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to end uh, our little little show tonight by um, just a quick <laughs> chat about what we want. Yeah, yeah, we've done over now. Just, just a quick chat about Sunderland, uh, the Sunderland game tomorrow. Obviously, no, we no, don't get to review no, no, it. Wait, what? That playoff against Sunderland when we when we did them at the uh, were they at the stadium of light then or were yeah. they still at Roker Park? Yeah, yeah, no, that was stadium of light. You actually, actually, we will talk. We will talk about that. That was, I had that. I was the most mental I've ever gone in a pub watching a game. Who was that far post header? Who, who ended that in? Darren Powell. Darren Powell. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Legend. Yeah. 
that yeah. was absolute carnage that was oh that's i suppose that's another one i regret not being at but um yeah there we go that's just life uh, but we do listen. We do play. Um, we do play Sunderland tomorrow. Um, what are we thinking, guys? Obviously, we're hoping Spironi's fit. Otherwise, Hennessy will be in there. Uh, but Scott Dan's back, probably. Yes. Um, Damien Delaney back from suspension, so yes. back to our normal centre backs. Yep. You'd think, and then uh, full backs, Kelly and Ward. Most I'm likely, a, yeah. Can yeah. I can I just say about? It? I, I I think Hangeland might actually stay. Yeah. I think he may have to earn his place back. Uh, which one, Del- Delaney or Dan? Delaney, Delaney, Delaney. Delaney yeah. Dan, Dan won't, will he? Dan's quality. Yeah. So, but I think I think Delaney may have to earn his place back, and and, and rightly so because he's been he's been very good. Mm. With Spironi, is he going to like really milk this this facial injury a bit? Well, you wouldn't want to weaken the team to do it, would you? But we were saying earlier, wouldn't we? We should turn up with a sarcastic <laughs> yeah. advantage. Yeah, uh, with a with a Peter Check helmet. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that would work. Come out of a crash helmet. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, you wouldn't honestly. You would, if is our best keeper, which I believe he still is. Then you don't want to weaken your team to make a point, do you? Really? What would be funny is if when we play West Brom, is that a couple of our players come out with like Ronald McDonald-sized boots on, <laughs> pointing at Dobson, who I think is going to have a mysterious injury that day. I think he'll swear. Yeah. He, well, after how it's kicked off afterwards, it's just ridiculous, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, Sports Brony's done and say, look, you know, I'm a bit shocked that no one apologised. He didn't, you know, whether it's deliberate or not, you would still apologise, wouldn't you? Exactly. You know, I think it's a very basic human decency you would apologise. So for them to then come out and start criticising Sports for being elbowed in the head, it's just a bit, these are pretty horrible taste in the mouth, that one. He needs to, he needs to look at Irving, he needs, he needs to look at their manager and, and just go, look, you know, someone needs to apologise. And, that, and that's all it needs. It's an apology. Yeah. In golf, you can hit someone with a golf ball from, from 200 yards away, knock them out, walk over there and go, sorry, mate, and there's nothing they can do about it. Mm. It'll probably be a shit. Yeah, I was going to say. Like <laughs> <laughs> um, I get elbowed yesterday. So you say that again, mate? I'm sure I saw a match of the day, a West Brom player took a bit of an elbow yesterday, and they made a right fuss about it. Yeah. <laughs> probably did yeah but I don't know it's just I mean it's, the whole thing is just reeks of double standards anyway doesn't it it's ridiculous that other one's got to defend his players but there's a limit isn't there you don't yeah. as I said before you don't you you cross a line at a certain point and they've crossed the line in getting back to not, tomorrow attack yeah. attack yeah but what, what do you want to do about the midfield then keep Shemak in and just play two of them you still want to drop Jedinak no drop drop Ledley and put McCarthy in there better passer yeah, I think McCarthy. What is he? Is he? Is he injured though? Yeah, the thing. I heard there might be like a, a flu bug or something going through the team. By the way, so we might yeah. see some changes tomorrow. But um, no, I don't think he's hurt. I think um, when I listened to the press conference yesterday, I think he said everybody, everybody's okay. He's not sure about Dan until maybe today. But I heard today Dan's okay. But I think that McCarthy is a hundred percent now. All right. So it's a difficult decision, isn't it? Because it's going to be a very I, difficult decision. I thought Ledley was pretty good. Um, no, he did. He did take good work. Yeah, he did. Oh, he I really uh, yeah, I love yeah. McCarthy though, so. Yeah, so do I. That's what I mean. It's a very, very tough decision. Does Wilf, does Wilf keep Wilf. his place as well? I would, because what you said about May United, he can't play next week, so I might as well drop him, you know, let not play next week. Maybe put yeah. Blassie on the bench, maybe put let Punch and start. I, I'm not even. It's very really? tough. No, no, I love, you know, I love Yannick, but I'm just saying. Yeah. I'll just say, you, why can't you, punch you can't have Punch and starting over Yannick in a, in a million years. 
But then everyone wants Wolves to play instead of against Sunderland at home. You can. Mm. I just think we can. I just think we can go. We go for them and just. You know, I personally do think we just outscore. I think we can cane them. I think they're down on their luck. If we score first, I think we'll cane them. Oh, you're right. And just on that, but the Blassie thing with him running out of, of of energy the way he did, and exactly put it this way, he put it. He put in such a shift. There's not a criticism of him for running out of energy at all. Um, I just think he might benefit from from a bit of time off, an extra two days off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. even extra cut. Well, you know, just yeah, just rest, rest him, get him back, hundred percent fresh for Man United. I we're agree. Gonna, we're going to need him, and I, he's travelling again after that because the breaks after that, isn't it? Yeah, so it is. Yeah, off again. So you know, I think I think it'd be good if they rest him tomorrow and let him come in late, maybe last ten minutes and put put Jason and and Wolf. Is there, but we'll is there see. an eight-con competition coming up anytime soon? Yeah, if they they're they're currently, I think they're tied with. Uh, Ivory Coast behind, I think, I believe it's Cameroon. So if they can qual, if they win the next match, they would qualify for it. I think it's be in. It's the same time as uh, Denek being away. I think it's in January. Yeah. Oh, that's, so that's going to be a bit of a problem. Oh, yeah, big problem for us. That's I think, what you get with success. You start losing your players. Yeah. Exactly. Well, that's we got some work to do in the January window, haven't we? So yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Then maybe Bannon and you know can get can come back in and. Well, there you go. Exactly. It's every every time something like this happens, it is an opportunity for someone else. And I'd say on on Barry Bannon, just to mention it, he obviously made the bench uh, for West Brom uh, at West Brom, and he um, after the game, I can just hear one of your phones. I'm trying to ignore it. Um, after the game, he he basically went out on his own and just sprinted up and down that pitch, um, just like a, well, you called it a warm down. Obviously, he hadn't played, so he lit, he must run. Up and down the pitch, probably four or five times full length of the pitch, just absolutely yeah. sprinting. And that he just he's just desperate to play. Yeah, you, you know? could, Yeah, absolutely. He's just you know he's got so much pent up energy from not getting off the bench. You know he was just you know he's practically bursting, and he, he just I just think he's got a, he's got to be given a chance. He's had one game in the first team recently. It was against Newcastle in the cup, when he was just superb, absolutely right. superb in that game. Um, and, and I'm already and I'm already struggling to say you know who do we pick of the midfield three, you know, and then <laughs> no, yeah, numbers, you know what I mean. And I, and I start thinking I want, but I I just give him a go. If I don't know, I really don't. I just I just think I just want to see him get get on the pitch. And what I about Bannon on the left, Yannick on the right, and and Wilf up front? Yeah, well, oh, that's not a bad shout. Um, the Wilf up front thing, we have a similar opinion, you and me, Joe, on that. In that. We do see Wilf as as a bit of a striker. Yeah, um, he does as well. Yeah, yeah. So weirdly, he, weirdly, he, he did when he was young at Palace. But yeah, weirdly, he said almost the opposite thing when he left. When he was at Man U, he said he does see himself as a winger, but he can play out front of his arse. He sort of swapped it around. But I mean, you do say those things. But yeah, I, as I said before, I talked to him a long time ago, and he, and he saw himself as a, as a striker. And I think he's. You know, but then I again, Campbell's done well. We've got Gale that you want to play, Joe. It, it's it's an interesting that we we all sort of we all have these players that we want to play, but when it actually comes to trying to fit them in the team, it's pretty difficult at the moment. Um, nice problem to have though, considering we didn't have our, we only had you know three quarters of the and everyone was rucking about it. Now we've got loads of players to choose from. We're getting we're getting sort of used to that that. Uh, you know, the, the squad rotation, the 25. Yeah. All right, last little bit from the chat room, then we'll end this. Yeah, just Nick, on the Sunderland game. Um, uh, Dweeb thinks that Dan's going to be 50-50 on starting. And a six-pointer. Um, Booted Eagle says we've got a good record against Sunderland, so if we get them early, we reckon we'll get three points. 
uh, Badil says, even this early in the season, it's too big a game to call. And um, we've got to beat Poye, really. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> well, it. got to give him so much crap. He, he'll get so much grief. He really will. Oh. Uh, I know he's... Obviously, the way he left Brighton was quite funny in the end. And I've got a little bit of respect for him for that. But other than that, it's... You know, I mean, he obviously hates Brighton as much as we do now. But there you go. Um, anyway, look, it's... Uh, you know, there's a there's a lot to be positive about. It's you know it's a home game tomorrow. Uh, crowd will be up. I'm sure the uh, I'm sure the players will be more than up for it. But we desperately need a win there. I think to get things back on track. We've had some decent enough spells in the last few games, but need to pick up some more points. And, and what better time to do it than tomorrow night? Um, thank you very much for listening today. Cheers to my co-presenters Patrick, Joe, and Nick. And uh, yeah, we'll be back next Sunday. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.